going on? It's a podcast-only edition of The People's Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net, podcast-only version, because we're going to talk to Brad May, as we do every Thursday on a Canucks game day. They're getting ready to play the Islanders with Bo Horvat, we'll talk about uh, that with Brad May about his return to Buffalo and what uh, that f- first time facing off a former team is like. Uh, now with longtime NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck, eighteen years in the show, Brad May here on the People Show. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, so a lot to get into uh, before we get into the Canucks stuff. Uh, so. Teams are back on the ice post All Star break, and we're seeing a lot of intense games. And I do want to unpack that. But the the big play of this week, outside of goals or a big save, is the Jacob Truba hit. And I want to get into that with you. And as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, I can't wait for Thursday to talk to Brad about it because you know we had a conversation about a month back where we were talking about player safety. And, you know, you made a great point of, you know, do fans really care about player safety? Because there's a certain level of violence in a contact sport that fans want to come see. And that's a fun part of it. And you look at that play and and it kind of registered in my head of, you know, who's responsible on the ice for player safety? And anytime I talk to athletes, it's always, hey, I'm responsible for my own self on the ice. And you see that play. And I, I just wonder if we've gotten to an age in hockey where now there's so much freedom to move about on the ice and get to spots you couldn't previously get to. And certainly in your era, if you come to the middle of the ice, like it's it's a danger. And I just wonder if Kadri on that play where he got blown up by Truba, he cuts to the middle of the ice thinking, well, I can do this all the time now, forgetting that a guy like Jacob Truba patrols that area pretty strongly. Yeah, so so first and foremost, um, Nazem Kadri, what a what a good hockey player he is. He's he's a physical player. Oh, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't shy away from, you know, going to those certain areas on the ice and and um you wouldn't say he's a shrinking violet by any means. Bottom line though is you have to be aware who you're playing against. And I love the fact that All Star Break is gone and done and there's a little there's thirty games left. Teams are gonna be fighting for not only playoff position, but for bragging rights and trying to put their stake in the ground and say, listen, if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you've got to come through, come through this city, this arena. The New York Rangers, Jacob Truba, best hitter in the game right now, and absolutely love it. I could care less if anybody got hurt on a hit like that. It was a perfectly delivered hit. It was Scott Stevens back in our day who would, who would make hits like that. And um, it was even better than a Scott Stevens hit because there was literally zero head contact when he delivered it. Um, if you want to come to the middle of the ice in New York, you got to come through me. And I think that statement is huge. He actually made two great hits in the same game. He hit uh, Dylan Dubé as well. And both resulted in the fights. And you know what? That's what we're talking about. There's excitement. And we're talking about rivalries and how to get the game better. Mm-hmm. There's no rivalry between Calgary and New York. They see each other twice a season. But are you kidding me? you you got those two teams playing each other if you could ever imagine it ever getting to the final being those two teams, but um, no, as a fan, as somebody just, you know, casually wants to watch, we want to see spontaneous combustion, or I certainly do. And um, I love it. I think Jacob Truba should get an award for that hit. And um, not only that, I, I, I would hope he delivers a few more down the stretch. Well, 
like down the stretch is is important part here because you know a lot of conversation comes up about Truba and just that style of player. And look, I don't think you can play that way for eighty two games, right? And and we get into conversations all the time about player value and this sort of stuff. But I, I think we too easily forget that while it's great to be good for eighty two. This is all about winning the playoffs, and I can see why there's concern over Jacob Truba's effectiveness over the course of a regular season. But man, I I wouldn't want to face that guy over a seven game series. For sure, and, and and the crazy part is, every team in the league would love not only I mean he's, he he earned the captaincy in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's a that's an amazing honor to have in the in, in the first place. Um, his leadership, everything else he brings to the game, but. Um, no, he's a physical player. There's not as many of them left in the game. Obviously, the game is fast and incredibly skilled. And how do you stop that? You know, and how do you compete against that? You do it by literally the old-fashioned intimidation. And literally, if I, I, I can just talk about Scott Stevens, and I know there's other players that were, you know, that could deliver. Pronger, Hatcher, and on and on and on. Jovanovski yeah. and Olin used to throw some big hits. Listen, don't come to the middle of the ice when I'm on the ice. And I know as a tough player, I mean, I would love to do it, but I get, you know, you might get your head knocked off. Number one, you might get injured or certainly get the wind knocked out of you. But for me, a player, you know, it would bring me into the game. You'd want to go to those areas sometimes, but not against a guy like Scott Stevens. And Jacob Truba is that guy today. Um, I love it. I think intimidation down the stretch in the playoffs, a seven game series, um, I don't. For anybody that doesn't like this type of hockey or or the possible outcome of a hit like that, um, doesn't understand the complexities of a seven-game series. And then you you have to win four of them to win the Stanley Cup. You know, like that, you got to be able to play in every way. The intimidation is such a huge part of winning because taking the will away from the other player by him being afraid or not willing to do whatever it takes you know, and, and, and stepping forward for his team, all of a sudden he moves the puck too early. He doesn't hold on to it long enough. All of a sudden the pucks, you know, behind you going the other way. Um, there's so many reasons why every team in the league would want a Jacob Truba or a player like that. That's responsible and can actually deliver that type of blow. So why don't we see more of that? nowadays obviously the rules are what they are and there's such a demand on finding skill and you can only play on with the talent pool that's available but teams are obviously coveting that style of player how come we're not finding that player more often in your opinion well i think there's i think they've they've coveted that player forever and even in this fast you know you know high flying game you know no hooking no holding type you know basically state penalty free um time of of the nhl that that player is incredibly valuable, more probably more so today than ever. But the problem there is, can that player? And the reason why you don't see it is because if you're a marginal player and you take a penalty mm-hmm. on a play, or certainly in a meaningful game, and then of course a lot of the game during regular season is determined on the power play, um, special teams. A marginal player does that; he doesn't get the play, and he's now marked um, going forward. The guy who actually can do it, Jacob Truba, on an 82-game basis, is making a lot of money. Why would he put himself in that situation, you know, with the possibility of, of, you know, the repercussions of it all? I think that's why. I think the fear of the fine, the fear of – I don't think it's fear of hurting the other player. Mm-hmm. And I don't think – and I honestly, we, we care about people, right? We don't want to see anybody injured. 
but I don't care if anybody gets hurt. I think there's a, a significant difference between, you know, injured and hurt. I, when you're playing, you want to hurt the guy against across from you. And if you don't, then you don't have the makeup to actually win the Stanley Cup or go deep. I don't believe so. Um, you, your team makeup has to be able to inflict a little little pain on the other side. And for me, maybe there's not enough of it, but when I do see it, the best game of the season was Calgary-New York. Not a rivalry game, and it turned out to be an epic thing, and everybody's talking about it. And we are right now. I, I think it's amazing. Um, you see it. You know, there's other players like Nikita Zadorov in Calgary. He can throw his weight around. There's a lot of guys that can do it. It's just, are you willing to? He, he also had to fight uh, right after as well. Do you like that? When a clean hit, it's clean for everyone. Is, is that a thing that we need to see nowadays? I, your perspective would be great on it because, look, you, you do have to stand up for your teammates. But in that scenario, do you think he needs to fight uh, Dubé right after that hit? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Every time, like, like the, I guess the idea is, do we like fighting or do we not? I love it. Um, and, but putting that aside for a moment, um, does he have to? No, not necessarily. But when you step up, he's looking around. So he knows that he delivered a great hit. He's jacked up that he did it. And he's looking around. And for the Calgary Flames, that was a perfectly delivered clean hit. The response from Dylan Dubé was, my buddy just got blown up. And we got to do something. We're on the road. I think the fight there is perfect. It, it, it happens in the moment. You know, there's a lot of people that say that these stage fights, which would be at the next face-off, and you know, another player comes over the bench, and you know, a fight you know happens. I think I think it's appropriate then too. Um, I love the fact that he threw two big hits. He got in two fights, and um, I don't know. He must have been first star <laughs> of that game, but. Um, I don't. I just don't understand why we're so weak or soft on the physical side of hockey when the UFC is one of the greatest sports, or certainly most watched sports in the world. NFL football this weekend is the Super Bowl, and it's a violent game, and people love football. Um, I don't understand why hockey fans are so soft on. We don't want to see our players hurt, injured, cross the line, and you know what? Not have that 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 moment of um, spontaneous combustion. I think that's what make, makes hockey great. I'd like to see more of it. Well, well, for me, it's just like, look, it's a clean hit. It's it's a hockey play. It's not a cheap shot. It's not running anyone. Just let the play continue. And I, I just don't like the idea of like, well, my teammate got blown up, so I have to drop the gloves on a totally clean hit. Well, wait a minute, though. But Dylan Dubé is going to be a, a better player, a better teammate, have more energy and confidence going into the next game because he knows that he did the right thing for his buddy, his teammate, his brother. Like, let's think of it from this. And he got beat up, too. But he, the respect that he gained from his teammates by coming into there against a tough player, this isn't a bad thing for Dylan Dubé. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, what was bad is he had his head down going across the middle of the ice, you know, after that and got hit by Truba again. And, and that, that's what happened, um, you know, in that same game. But... This wasn't a bad thing for either player. It actually is good for both of them. The crowd went bananas. Everybody in that crowd, there was 20,000 people in Madison Square Gardens on their feet. Who's upset about this? I just don't know. The person sitting at home watching from way afar that's not engaged in that actual moment, 
Why do we care? Why are we worried about that person? 20,000 people are going to spend money to come back and watch Jacob Truba do that again, hopefully, or watch their team score goals and win. This is good for hockey. Talking to Brad Mays, we do every Thursday here on The People's Show. Uh, so it's post-All-Star game. We're seeing, you know, obviously that game, you said game of the year. Uh, the, the intensity across the league starting to pick up. Was was this the marker for you as well, uh, post-All-Star game, where you can see the finish line of the playoffs and or kind of like, okay, let's get the juices going. Let's let's start playing our, the best version of ourselves. Well, you know what? I, I don't know when it starts or whatever. Of course, being in hockey for, for so long that – after the all-star game, I mean, the fo- certainly attention to detail and the focus is there. And But I think it just happened. And it's a great thing because it was right out of the out of the break. Um, it's been a, the talk of, of every hotline um, talking hockey. And um, I think it's a great precursor to hopefully the rivalries, the competition, and the battle to win. It's only getting harder and harder to win the championship at, at, in any sport or probably at any level because the athletes are better, more prepared. Um, I'm excited. I'll tell you this. I wasn't talking hockey this excited over the last two months prior (laughs) to this. You know what I mean? Like I'm actually fired up. I, the the thing is you're not going to see it every night and nor do we, you know, expect to, but um, the competition, the the competition and the willingness to win. And what are you going to do? Like, you know, what, what separates yourself or your team from the other side? And um, it's exciting to see who's what team's going to be, you know, take that step forward and 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 actually be successful. So I'm excited for it. It's been two games for the Canucks uh, coming back post All Star break, and and they've played hard, skated well with New Jersey. You know, had a bit of a blip against New York, but you know, came back in that game, uh, ultimately losing four three. You know, we're trying to look for things that are different from Rick Tockett that are uh, that were under Bruce Boudreau. Have you noticed much uh, difference as, as far as style of play uh, under Tockett? Well, I would say that I, I've noticed a difference in Connor Garland. Sure, um, yeah. Right? Now, listen, it would be a great thing to tell you that, you know, 25, 25 of or the 20 players playing, you know, have all got a an injection of enthusiasm, but um, I, I like to play a Garland. He's shown why he signed that contract that he did. Um, that's a good thing. Pedersen's, you know, he's creeping along doing well. Um, JT Miller's, you know, been on the board um, since Tockett took over. So, I mean, good things are happening. I think it's going to take a little bit more time um, for this team to, to really figure out, you know, the game that they have to play to not only impress their coach, but to gel as a team, but, I think probably the biggest things that we're going to see, it's too small of a sample size, is Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar, you know, with Rick obviously being the, you know, the head coach, but those two guys that were great defensemen in their own right, how they're able to teach and, and really improve the defensive play, the team defense of the Vancouver Canucks. And, and I do think that Adam Foote's going to have a huge role in that not to mention Sergey Gonchar, not that he's not the defensive player, but he also has that, that offensive flair to his game. And he probably has that, you know, that vision for, you know, cues and, and, and other players. So I, I would think the biggest impact we're going to see eventually will be the defensive play team play, which is why they don't win all the games. And it's why they're not in the playoff spot today because they can't defend 
consistently or haven't been able to over the last couple of years. Yeah, Taka was uh, last night talking about value plays and you know he's kind of used this phrase as well, wall guys and inside guys and it, it seems like all the little plays that lead to scoring goals is what he wants to focus on and we've been trying to parse through you know, last night on the postgame show what the definition of a wall guy is and what the definition of an inside guy is. If I threw those terms to you, uh, what uh, shapes up in your mind of, of what wall guys is is that someone who battles or is that someone who makes little plays to to keep moving the puck you know it's a great question and of course this is all probably um different you know perspective absolutely but but i like okay so when i hear of like a a a wall wall player a player that plays well in the walls it's it could be physical you know obviously that i would think that that that's an element that he's tenacious he fights you know body position Mm -hmm. wins those battles on the boards Wall a wall play guy could be, and I agree with you, could be that guy who on a breakout, instead of doing a little one touch pass to some speed in the in the middle of the ice, with the idea that the puck may not get out of the zone, that he makes a simple play, little backhand chip behind the defenseman, and then you live the fight another day. Um, being able to do that, I think it's about protecting the puck and and, and control of that area of the ice. Um, so I think I think Rick's there. The inside guys, I think that's just a willingness to to do what it takes with your head up and understanding that who you're playing against and there's time and places for, you know, offensive plays and there's times that you can't, you know, keep keep pushing and come to the middle of the ice because depending on the opponent you're playing against, it just takes one, you know, one takeaway and then all of a sudden the puck's going back the other way and and the transition game's on and and I think bad teams feed the other team's transition game and good teams are able to get the puck behind those players and continue to press and fight and be good wall players. And I can't believe I just said that. But, yeah, I, that, that's the way I see what a wall player is, right? Um, I think there's so many small little you know, battles and, 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 and moments in a game where um, – just because you're a left winger doesn't mean that you're not going to be six seconds later on the right side of the ice, sure. you know, playing defense, you know, it, 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 it's such a game of, of, of reading and reacting. So um, if you're thinking you're going to be slower, so you have to trust yourself, practice hard, take those habits in the games and be confident. Anybody that's hesitating and any hesitation in their game, they become slower. They're not as effective I would, I would, I would argue to say that that's the player that's actually on a bad streak, you know, when he's not confident. And when you see players that are really confident, they're cheating, they're anticipating, and they're just, they're just better players. And it's crazy because they're the same player, the same skater. And we have two different views of that player. These plays that we're talking about, again, talk it, describe them as value plays. They, they strike me as fundamentals, right? And non-negotiable style plays at this high level. Why do the fundamentals slip? Is it is it something like like confidence? Well, I think it's confidence, but I, I well, why 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 does it happen? The other there's another team on the ice sure, that's yep. trying to execute as well, and and there's players like Jacob Truba throwing big hits at times, and there's fear and there's intimidation, you know, depending on who you're playing against and and where you are in your own game. Um, yeah, I think it's a confidence thing for sure. Um, because if you're practicing doing everything right, you know, 
it should be able to do that tomorrow as well, right? Like it should be just a consistent effort. And I think the greatest part about the flow of hockey and, and, and the, the importance of being reading and reacting, because if you don't see what your teammate just did, you won't know where the puck is headed in five or 10 seconds, let alone 20. And if you know where your teammate's going to be and you have trust in that, all of a sudden the anticipation of where that puck's going or where the play's headed, you're now a much better hockey player because you're ahead of it and you're actually anticipating. Um, so for me, I, I think confidence is, is, is integral to all of it, but um, it's also a trust in your coach, your line mates, because you could do everything right. And if your line mate screws up and he's not focused and ready, then you did it all for naught because the puck's going to be behind you mm-hmm. in, in a few seconds if it's not already. Uh, another change we've seen uh, after the All-Star break and actually after uh, the, the Horvat trade is a couple of letters uh, going on to uh, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes's uh, chess. They both get A's now uh, as they reshape the leadership department. And, and a lot of focus has been on those two players as they need to continue to step into the light and continue to grow as players, obviously, but also as leaders for this team. Th- that transition, and, and for you, you got to wear the A a couple of times. What was it like to, to get that moment, and, and what realizations did you have about what type of player you needed to be or what type of person teammate you needed to be now? Well, I, I would say for me, it was an incredibly proud moment um, every time that you had that that letter on your jersey, and, and I was fortunate in my career to wear it for a number of seasons, um, different places, which kind of was, it's nice because you're, whether it's your coaches or managers, you know, general manager that, that has belief in you or your teammates. Um, that's a great thing. I, so I think for, for Quinn, for sure, I think this is a great step forward. Um, it's, it, it's their importance to not only their, their teammates and their team, um, but it also val- values, you know, their work ethic and, and their preparation. So I think it, it's a great compliment to both those players um, to be able to step in and actually wear that letter where it could go wrong uh, for me um, is you, you change who you are and you try, start trying to do too much. And I think certain players, there's a real comfort in wearing a letter and being that guy where when you're not, when you're not 100%, you know, let's say like in the, in the zone as a player, you still have to, when you have these letters, you still have to be aware and focused on your teammates and what's best for the greater good. And sometimes when a player is struggling and you're not focused on just yourself, then it's going to be hard for you to get back out of that doghouse or that, you know, that zone you're in. So um, for these young players, I would say try not to bite off too much. I think the, how do you, how do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. Um, I think, for both these these players, continue to be you know not selfish, but but where you work on your own game and focused on your own game, but um, have to be aware of your teammates. And I played with great leaders, and I played with some guys that wore letters that were captains that you know that probably didn't bring it, you know, and weren't that you know perfect teammate at times because um, it becomes overwhelming. So hopefully, these young guys enjoy the experience. What were the traits of the the leaders you enjoyed playing with? Um, like, what traits did you have? You don't have to name names, but like, 
what traits did you see in them say, hey, that's why I'm, I'm with this guy. That's why I'm following this guy. Well, I, th- I think first and foremost, and we were just, you know, to wrap up the Jacob Truba thing, when I, when I played with players like that, that actually were willing to step, come in, step up. And, you know, obviously he makes that hit for himself to be Jacob Truba, the mm-hmm. captain of the team. But also he doesn't need anybody else's help. So he fights his own battles. That's amazing. And you respect that for certain players, right? If I was on Calgary and I saw Dylan Dubé come flying in, he's, he's my winger. I'm Nazem Kadri. I just, got, I just got rocked in the middle of the ice and, and I get up and there's a fight going on, and it's Dylan Dubé. I respect Dylan Dubé because he came to my aid, got me out a little bit of hot water, and that's, that's a great thing. So I love teammates that, that come in to those moments, right? Um, I, I love teammates that recognize that it's Thanksgiving and two rookies are in a hotel, just got called up, and they get invited to someone's house. Maybe it was my house. Maybe it's going to be Quinn Hughes' house or a condo, wherever they live where he recognizes that, hey, there's other people on this team that aren't comfortable like I am, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to invite them into my world. And I had teammates like that. Mark Messier was like that with a number of players in Vancouver. I know Vancouver fans don't like to hear that, but he really was great at that. Um, I played with a number of players, Pat LaFontaine, Joe Sackick, right? um, Scott Niedermeyer, Chris Pronger, all captains that actually at these different moments, whether it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's Day, my children's birthdays, you know, whatever that would be, that these guys would say, hey, listen, come on over. Let's have dinner. You know, let's get together. Let's do this. And that's leadership. That's understanding that you're, you're trying to build out the, the family. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's so many ways and so many things that I valued and respected from my teammates. I had so many good ones and so many good captains and assistant captains that um, I'm literally, I really confident to say that I've got a great view of this. I was one of them, but um, really, really can see before probably within a few minutes, understand, Hey, that guy's got leadership qualities or that guy doesn't. It's, it's pretty evident to me. Uh, actually, before we let you go, uh, the last leader, Bo Horvat, they're getting ready to play uh, the Islanders tonight. Uh, it, I imagine it's going to be a little bit weird for uh, Bo seeing uh, the Canucks and lining up against them. What was it like for you? Like, what was the weirdest moment for you? Was it playing in Buffalo again? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a great story, and I know we're going to get going. Um, my first game against the Buffalo Sabers. I was in Vancouver. Now, I wasn't playing about three or four weeks earlier. Vancouver was in. A, there was a big brawl. A couple bench clears um, in Buffalo. Um, Donald Brashear grabbed a few players in Buffalo, and then um, Gina Wojcik was on the ice. Sean Burke fought Steve Shields. I remember that game, yeah. There was a, and that was in Buffalo. I was actually injured and in, in Buffalo, so I was a Sabre at the time. Three weeks later, I'm in Vancouver, and I'm playing against Buffalo, and I score and get an assist in my first period. And I'm just, that's enough about me for a moment. It was unreal. I was so focused, and I, and I see that happening. Bo Horvat, whether he scores or not, he is so nervous but so focused that he wants, to, he wants to beat the Vancouver Canucks more than he's ever wanted to beat another team, ever. He's, he, I guarantee that's the way he feels. Now, he might be tired because it's very emotional, but at the end of that game, one of, the, one of the moments in my career that my wife would tell me, who was with me from day one all the way through, would say that I... I was ashamed of what you did at the end of that game. 
and I'm a Vancouver Canuck. The Sabres ended up coming back, and they ended up beating us. And one of the players I used to drive to the rink with every day, Derek Plant, um, we were neighbors, and we would go to the rink every day, go to the airport together. At the end of the game, he decided to poke the pads of Gar Snow. And um, I'm on the ice. I was upset that we were losing and we're going to lose the game. I kind of snapped. I punched Derek Plant in the nose, right in the face, with my glove on. The crazy part was it was the, probably the best punch I've ever thrown, and I broke his nose pretty badly and was on his basically on the high end of his of his left cheekbone, and and um, I hurt my teammate or former teammate. I hurt a friend of mine, and it was very very difficult. And I think if there's a player that doesn't like me today or doesn't respect me today, it was it would be Derek Plant because of what I did to him because we spent a lot of time together. But I didn't know how to parse or. or, or change you know who I am you know I'm playing for the Vancouver Canucks now not the Buffalo Sabres whether you expect me to play easier on my friends or not I I just don't know how to do that and um, I feel bad about what happened but I I still think I did the right thing but um, yeah I heard a friend of mine so hopefully that doesn't happen with Bo and his buddies. Hey Brad this was awesome Uh, we appreciate it as always and uh, we'll see what happens in the next week. You got it guys I Beck, thank you, and I look forward to getting back on next week. And um, rivalry time, baby. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Fantastic stuff from Bet. Fantastic stuff from Brad May. Always enjoy chatting with him on Thursdays here on The People Show. We're back tomorrow on Friday Live at 3 o'clock on Sportsnet 650, getting ready for the Super Bowl. And we'll unpack a couple of games from the Vancouver Canucks as well. Uh, all tomorrow on Sportsnet 650.